Clive licks the tip of his and the slowly. He pauses, looking at me for the go-ahead to continue. I exhale. Don't stop now. <laughs> bitch. <laughs> I have been trying not to fall out. <laughs> Thanks, Clive. <sighs> <sighs> Hi, Bim. Hello, Nicole. <laughs> How are you today? Do you know what? Mm. I feel pretty good. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. I am. Um, I'm. Uh, I'm feeling that way of just kind of like uh, expectant mm-hmm. of good things to come. Okay. I, that's based on nothing at all. Okay. How are you doing? Um. I feel like that's just been like all of my 2020 is just like someone asking me, how are you? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> um, and holding it for like 30 seconds or something. Uh, yeah, I get that. I get that. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, it's been a very weird year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. But, you know, here we are in the studio mm-hmm. about to do what we do very well. Mm-hmm. And my hope is that at the end of it, you will be feeling buoyant. Perhaps a little too thirsty than is healthy. <laughs> but then you'll also hydrate straight afterwards. Yeah, you know, thirst is restorative. Mm. So I am going to, uh, you know, let the thirst heal me. Come on, witch doctor. Let's <laughs> let's power through it. Let's get in there. <sighs> yeah. So this week we are doing something a little bit of a throwback slash long-term kind of percolating in the back of our minds. Yeah, yeah. Thirst objects. Yeah. Um, another grown man. Mm. Yeah. We're on a streak now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is us settling into our auntiedom. I know, right? <laughs> it's kind of like, does he look like a good provider? Put him on the put him on the slab. We'll take a look. The thing is, this particular crush of ours... Mm-hmm. He's one of those ones that is uh, the epitome of low-key, right? In terms yeah. of, like, the, the, the first profile yeah, that yeah, we might yeah. be used to. Yeah, you know, he's done some stuff that, you know, that, you know, makes him hot, mm-hmm. but it also gives you pause because yes. you're like, should I be turned on by this? Yes. Should I be attracted to this? All because right. this character is a little... Listen. It's a little odd. Yeah. <laughs> More than a little, <laughs> to be very fucking... Like, you know what, there are moments when, you know, every so often you do something and then you have like a, a quick pause. Like, just think of that Countess Vaughn gif mm. where you just kind of like, mm, turn your head to the side yes. and you move your mouth to the side and you're yes. like, what am I feeling here? Yeah. And I think with this thirst object, I have that feeling more often than not <laughs> where I'm kind of like... Do I want this? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I do, but I do. And I, I, do I? Yeah. It's a very weird conversation to have with yourself. Nicole, today's first object is who? We are talking about Clive Owen. Bitch. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like he makes you just sit up straight. Yes. So yeah, Clive Owen time. Yeah. We have a lot of thoughts about Clive. A lot. Some of them are conflicting. <laughs> At one point we will say A and then we will say absolutely not A, B. Mm-hmm. Just go with it, okay? Because that's the kind of thirst that Clive induces. Yeah. And yeah. Nicole, I think we're going to uncover some things today. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Let's get into it. I'm right. ready. Okay. Okay, 
Okay, so Nicole, mm-hmm. Clive Owen. Yes. What's the what's the headline? What's the top note in the fragrance? Like what what is the thing that you think of when you think Clive Owen? Wow. Um I think brash. Mm. I think um pugilist. Even Bitch. though I have no idea if he boxes. He looks like he does, yeah, though. Yeah, he looks kind of like a brawler, yes. you know, or that he's got, like, brawler energy. What are you doing right now? I'm, I'm rolling my shoulders forward <laughs> like I'm go. about to punch. <laughs> <laughs> he just, um, a man. Yes. And I know that doesn't even really have a definition. Right. But, like, in the old sense, the weird, oddly sometimes, you know, the patriarchal fuck shit sense. Yeah. He looks like a, a man. Yeah. Like, he should be on, you know, one of those little posters from 1920s. Yes. <laughs> yes. With a mustache. Yes, with a little mustache. Yes. And the high-waisted briefs. Yes. Listen. <laughs> you know what, Nicole? Sometimes you see right to the heart of me. And in those moments, I lean across the console I place my hand delicately over yours and I go, sister. I sing it like Suge. Sister. We. Yes. There's just a moment where you look at him Mm -hmm. and a whole mood board Mm. comes up automatically. And like you said, it has all those things. 1920s, boxer, high-waisted pants. (laughs) Yes. Like to keep this like vintage vibe going. Go on. He makes me think of like those old sepia kind of porn erotic more erotic uh photographs mm-hmm. than porny i, I mean s- obviously they yeah. what they serve their purpose <laughs> yeah. but you know those like old school erotic images yeah. of i see the vision you know yeah. um where men kind of i don't know they were just there <laughs> but just cur- carved out of like steel and marble <laughs> yes. just like all Nicole you are evoking a mood and it's difficult to put into yeah. words but I know yeah. exactly what yeah. you're talking about Clive Owen for me has always been something of an enigma mm-hmm. in that I am curious uh, I want to ask myself sis what are you looking at <laughs> to elicit this response mm-hmm. another part of me is kind of like that question is for him like mm-hmm. Clive why why do I want to throw First my bra and then myself at you. Yeah. I don't understand. I've it's a curious thing. Like the first time I saw him, I fancied him in that mm-hmm. kind of and you know, there's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. I so Clive Owen is British. Yeah. Um and in the late eighties slash early nineties when he began his career, that's mm-hmm. when I first saw him. Mm-hmm. So he was on a TV show in the UK called Chancer. <laughs> and uh, he played uh, he played a con man. Um, like a very kind of charming con man. Mm-hmm. And even young Bim was like, who's that guy with a twinkle in his eye? Like, come on, man. And when he was young, he was kind of slender and Mm -hmm. kind of like, you know, he has like a, he has a characterful nose, which I'm always into. Yeah. Um, And he just was a bit of a, you know, a bit of a, a bit of a rude boy who was trying to kind of be, he was trying to be more than what he was. Like, Mm. so he was clearly trying to, like, he he had like a bit of a hard scrabble beginning and then he was trying to get into like, it was the 80s and the 90s, you know, that yuppie lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just, I was drawn to that character. Even as a kid, I was like, oh, I get it. I know Mm -hmm. what he's about. 
right? And mm-hmm. you watch it now and it's, you know, it's obviously of its time. Right. But there was something very charming and attractive about him. And I think that's the underlying second thing I think of with Clive Owen is that he he feels smooth. Yeah. But like rough around the edges, no yeah, doubt. Yeah. But like at his core, he's the kind of person who I think if he smiled genuinely at you, you'd smile back. Like Absol- he, yeah. You get it? Yeah, totally. And it would be um, a treat. Like you know that... You- only you got him to smile this way. Right. Like there's a reward inherent. Yeah. Yes. And I think that's the core of it. Like he's such a specific kind of old school man. Or at least he has the look of it. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of like does a little smile at the side of his face. And you're just kind of <laughs> like, all right, Clive. <laughs> Which again is quite the superpower because as we well know, Clive is not a hot name. It is not. But he's a hot man. He's a hot man. Yeah. And it reminds me of this particular scene from Frasier, because, you know, I love Frasier. Yes. So much. And I have this clip. Daphne, uh, a Clive called for you a little earlier. Clive? Did he sound British? No, he was one of those fiery Mexican Clives. (laughs) (laughs) I love, love, love that scene. It's just so well delivered. It, uh, of course, it's Fraser, but also it just you know when you hear the name Clive, you know it's a British person. Yes, like that's about to pop up on the scene. What do you mean, not a fiery Mexican Clive? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, and it's just I can't picture Clive Owen as anyone but Clive Owen. Yes, know? yes. He has a very distinctive uh, British energy, which is to say, kind of like sad and kind of droopy. Mm. But in a very British way, again, mm-hmm. it's like hot, sad and trippy, <laughs> which is a very weird thing. But I, I try and describe this whenever people kind of go, oh, what are British men like? And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, they, they look like they're sad, but like in a way that also seems fun. And Clive has a, a fun sadness to him that yeah. I really enjoy. And I'm like, ah, it's the rain. It's drizzled in. He's from Coventry, for God's sake. <laughs> like, if you've ever been to Coventry, no shade to anyone in or from Coventry, but come on. It's not the most joyful little Disneyland place. Yeah. And Clive embodies that. And a part of me will forever be drawn to a person who knows the misery from whence we came. That's that's what I enjoy about Clive. He just looks like life has done a number on him. So the thing about Clive Owen is, mm-hmm. like I mentioned, he's British. Um, he started his career, you know, in the 90s. Um, and he became kind of like a household name. Well, not really, but he was familiar to British audiences. Mm-hmm. But you saw him in a weird kind of American-British production. Yeah. A film from 2001. Yeah, Gosford Park, mm. which I love. You know, mm. I love a good um, murder mystery ensemble who done it kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. I love the upstairs downstairs oh, thing yeah. uh, of the story, and um, he plays um, a character named Robert Parks, mm-hmm. who is a valet to one yes. of the upper class uh, people attending, and um, he is. You used a word earlier before we started recording. Recording, you said he's coiled, yeah, and. Like, you knew that as soon as he stepped on scene that you saw him, there was some shit with him. Like, mm-hmm. he looked so barely contained within himself. And mm-hmm. you didn't know what his character was going to do, um, what the character was going to say. And he was also, he was a little flirty with Kelly McDonald's character. Yes. Who was an, another maid, uh, yeah. you know, in the in the film. 
he was I really wanted them to get together because yeah. he was so powerful. Like yeah. you could not keep your eyes off of him. He has an, a weird charisma in this movie mm-hmm. that, like you said, I mean, I'm sure there are any number of behind the scenes tricks to make us <laughs> notice him. But it's like a small spotlight follows him wherever he goes. And like you said, he walks in. And the weird thing is, of course, that all these, you know, maids and valets and whoever, their very job is to be invisible. Mm -hmm. And Robert cannot be invisible. No. (laughs) And that is incredibly hot. It's so sexy. There's a there's a there's a there's a there's a quality to him that Mm -hmm. you just kind of think, oh, I want to watch him forever. (laughs) And it's one of those things that he kind of, you know, especially when he was doing like it seemed like every other movie on TV or whatever. He had like this momentum to him where Mm -hmm. you're kind of like, what's he going to do next? What's he going to do next? It's a, it's a, it's, yes, he, he does it on screen, but it's a quality that you began to ascribe to Clive himself. Mm-hmm. Where you're kind of like, oh my God, I don't know. He keeps me on my toes. I don't know what he's going to do next. Yeah. I have to watch him. Yeah. And it doesn't hurt that he is 6'2", about 6'2". Listen, and he looks every inch of 6'2". <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He's, he's, got, he's got the physicality. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, mm. ooh, I didn't know they grew him like that in my country, <laughs> but shout out to Coventry. It did one thing right. <laughs> I want to, we're going to come back to, we're going to come back to Gosford Park. Yeah. But I wanted, I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about his role in Sin City. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Cuz that to me felt like a big breakthrough in terms of like getting to that American like mass audience. Yeah. Now Sin City of course is the is the comic book movie it was based on the Frank Miller mm-hmm. comic book and it's very it's very comic book stylized mm-hmm. and you know it's it's a very specific look kind of like noir but also like kind of like it's weird. It's yeah. weird and but also like the content I'm kind of like eh, I don't know man we've moved on a lot since then. Right. But Clive plays Dwight mm-hmm. and there's a scene that he he shares with the late great Brittany Murphy, mm-hmm. RIP. And that scene highlights what we were saying before about the all eyes on him danger element to his charisma. Yes. Answer me. Oh, I don't need to agree. Hi. I'm Shelley's new boyfriend that I'm out of my mind. You ever so much as talk to Shelley again? You even think her name, and I'll cut you in ways that'll make you useless to a woman. You're making a big mistake now. A big mistake. Yeah? You already made a big mistake yourself. You didn't flush. Again, you know, we don't promote violence on the show. of course not. This is never about the violence. No. What this is about mm-hmm. is, um, you know, someone defending yes. the person that he loves, that he's with, that he's taking care of yes. and making sure that other people know, don't fuck with what's mine. <laughs> and, you know, yes, it's possessive and, you know, patriarchy and all that kind of stuff. But sometimes, you know, you just want to turn your feminist card face down 
and let shit rock. I mean, I don't know about that, Nicole. <laughs> but I do but I do enjoy, like you said, this feeling of just... Because in this case in particular, mm-hmm. the Benicio Del Toro character mm-hmm. is a piece of shit. Yes, and deserves to be in the toilet. I mean, <laughs> swirlies for life. Like, every day, all day. But there's also the fact that, you know, there's something about... He's come there to menace this woman, mm-hmm. and he's a dick. And it's just kind of like, sometimes you just need someone to put a knife to your eye and just say, oi, step off. And he does it. And the the way he says that line, I'll cut you in ways that will make you useless to a woman. I was like, cut him, Dwight! (laughs) Fucking cut him! (laughs) And the way he kind of like is doing that again, the deliberation in his voice, Mm -hmm. he's kind of like doing that almost, not a whisper, but it's like quiet. Yeah, And he's just giving you just like, like it's giving you like, the headlines of the day. Yeah. And, you know, Clive gets lost, you know, when people talk about Sin City because they're mm. talking about Bruce Willis right. and, um, you know, Rosario. Jessica and, Alba. Yeah. yeah. There are a lot of people in the in the movie, of course. So, you know, it can be, I don't want to say easy, but I understand why people are more distracted by, mm-hmm. again, the Bruce Willis and all that. But go back, rewatch it, pay attention mm. to Clive as Dwight. Just... Just pay a little attention. And there's another scene in there which ended up being nominated for the best kiss, best movie kiss at the Mm -hmm. MTV Movie Awards. And it's the scene where he kisses Rosario Dawson. Mm. And in many ways, it's hacky. Like they're in the rain, they're talking about guns and, you know, the group of women are like strong female characters with weapons. And it's like, (laughs) fucking stab me. But there's a bit when he grabs Rosario. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, my mouth just filled with saliva. (laughs) And he grabs her and they have this kind of, as the romance novels will say, a punishing kiss. Mm. It's bruising, right? Mm -hmm. Like, they're just in there. And I'm just like, I know somebody's teeth cracked, but you know what? We're going to pretend it's sexy. (laughs) But it's like a very hot kiss. And it's the grab that gets me more than the faces smushed together. Mm -hmm. It does what it needs to do. And then to go back to Gosford Park, Mm -hmm. there is a version of that kiss Mm. And you mentioned before the Kelly McDonald character mm-hmm. that you just thought, I want them to get together and do it. Yeah. And she's a timid little mouse, isn't she? Yeah, she's so sweet. She's Scottish and she's like playing this, um, you know, like you said, very naive Scottish maid who can barely be understood. People have no idea what she's saying half right. the time because her accent is so thick. But you can hear her. You can understand what she's Rich saying. Rich people are terrible. Right. <laughs> um, but again, she is drawn to this like, Oak of a man. <laughs> Oak of a man, bitch. Yes. Um, so he's the one that she goes to yeah. when she's trying to like make sense of stuff that's happening. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, some instances, some things happen where she needs some protection and right. he's he's kind of there for her. I mean, sure. <laughs> and in this particular scene, she goes up to his bedroom. So as Nicole mentioned, Gosford Park is like, who done it? Someone's dead. And I don't think it's a spoiler because this movie came out literally in 2001. But it turns out that Clive Owen's character, Robert, is responsible in some way for the demise of this landed gentleman who runs, who's the owner of this house. And he's Mm -hmm. the one who, you know, they're all there to hunt and he ends up dying. Anyway, she comes to confront him about the murder. She's Mm -hmm. kind of saying, here are the circumstances, blah, blah, blah. And she asks this question and she was, you know, she's basically trying to figure out how wrapped up in this rubber is. Mm -hmm. And the scene is perfect because it has a lot of, again, so many of the qualities we've mentioned about Clive. I'm just Mm going to, let's play the clip so that you can get a feel for it. You really murdered him then? 
I don't know. I don't care. I've been wanting to do that ever since I first set eyes on you. Now. Mm. <laughs> you okay there? Set adrift on memory bliss. What was Man, that? Man, I need a cigarette for real. <laughs> like. So what I love about that scene, if you're if you're listening to that and not watching it, the moment when he pulls her in, mm-hmm. she does this wonderful thing that I can never get enough of. She does that sharp intake of breath. Mm-hmm. And like you said, at that point is when I shakily lit a cigarette. <laughs> kind of pressed it to my lips and inhaled, took a drag. Because that's the shit right there. Yeah. And then there's the kiss and then he has that little moment where he almost absentmindedly is kind of like, huh, I've been yeah, meaning to do that since I set eyes on you and you're like, set eyes on me. <laughs> <laughs> it's very potent. Oh my gosh. And like you can hear the kiss, yeah. you know, and it's not, sometimes it's hard to hear kissing, you yes. know, when you're not in the moment yeah. um, with that person. But it was such a... Sweet, delicate, but passionate thing. That's the thing. It wasn't a bruising. It wasn't a Sin City kiss. No. Because he's still aware that this is this wonderful, lovely, sweet, warm-hearted, slightly inexperienced person. And he's like, I want to make it good for you too, bro. Yeah. We talked in a previous episode about there is such a thing as hot and sweet. Mm. And I think that kiss epitomized that. Oof, Nicole. Wow, uh, really? That's that's just a beautiful full stop. I also want to bring a small detail. When we talk about the allure of, of Mr. Owen, mm. there was a great piece, and I remember this piece. Like I've, I called it up on the internet with no uh, like, assistance because <laughs> I remember reading this all the way back then in 2002. Mm-hmm. But I remember this piece because it nailed something. It was The, the headline was something like, White Vests Does Things or whatever. Yeah. And... Here's a, here's a little line from it. I just want to read very quickly. It's super short, so don't worry. I'm not going to go long on it. But the, the writer says, <clears throat> they're talking about how the scene is very sexy. And they say, it's the scene where Clive Owen, playing a brooding valet, indulges the theories of ladies' maid Kelly McDonald in his great room while wearing his uniform trousers and a white vest. That's it. Clive Owen stretched out on an iron bed, smoking a cigarette, pretending to read a book. It's the vest that's the key. You forget they have the same trigger effect as plectrums. It emphasizes his virility in an environment populated by decadent aristocrats and emasculated servants and sums up why we had a simmering thing for him in the first place. Owen is the ultimate white vest man, rock hard, working class, intelligent, probably dangerous, unlikely to ask before he takes what he wants. Now... (sighs) I remember that paragraph and I think I will be 97 and easing my way out, shuffling off this mortal court. And I'd be like, hey, children, bring up the piece from the Evening Standard in 2002 because it just nails everything about that. Because, yeah, he is on the bed fake reading a book. And you're kind of like, oh, my God, what are you reading? Like you ask the question in that stupid voice because you're just like, oh, my God, what what do you like to read? It has all of those elements that we know are bad for us. Right. But the movies and the books have told us are cool mm-hmm. and sexy. Him smoking the cigarette right. while he's stretched out. And Listen. he takes up the length of the bed, again, of because he he's tall. Mm. 
Um, and that idea that he's probably dangerous. I really like that because that, again, speaks to what we're talking about. Where we don't know what he's going to do. There was probably something lurking underneath yes. that you prob- that we should not be attracted to. Mm. And yet. And motherfucking yet. <laughs> just beautiful. That's just be- and I think that's another thing. Like, he, he does a very, like I said before, he doesn't, he's never been typecast per se. Mm-hmm. He does a lot of things mm-hmm. because even in his face, you can see a lot of things going on. Yeah. Like he, he can play complex really well. And there's, a, I haven't seen this show, but I know you have seen like parts of it. Yes. And it's one, it's been on my list forever. Yes. Uh, and I really, I need to find the time to watch it. Yes. The Nick, which was um, back in 2014. Okay. Excellent show. Right. Excellent show. It starred Clive Owen as this doctor, uh, Dr. John Thackeray. Mm. Was an addict. Sure. Loved coke. Shocking. Stayed in an opium den. Of course. Because this is at the turn of the century, um, 1900s. Um, This is the start of this fictional Knickerbocker hospital. And we have Andre Holland, who Mm. was the first black doctor. Andre, beautiful Holland. Uh, He was so good in it. So good. Um, He played a doctor named Dr. Algernon um, Edwards. Okay. And so uh, Dr. Thackeray, he was the end all be all of this hospital like right. his word was everything there um and there's this one scene that i want to play that i think um really gets to the heart of him this woman has come to him uh she has a fever she's very ill as someone from his past she has a really bad case of syphilis mm. and um like her nose had fallen off from the complications of it and he had helped like put it put her nose back together, reconstructed her nose and stuff. But clearly she wasn't able to, um, she hadn't, you know, finished with the, uh, I don't want to say the the terrors mm. of syphilis. So she's got this really high fever and Dr. Edwards is trying to get him to take this woman out of her misery. But Dr. Thackeray is like, no, I can help her. So here's that clip. What drugs are you taking? Nothing. Bullshit. No sane person would do. This will kill her. What's the alternative? Huh? More seizures, more spasms, headaches that feel like knives twisting in her skull. I know about living on the edge between life and death. It's a matter of will, and she has plenty of it. I won't stand here and watch her die. (sighs) So, when he says that he knows about living between life and death, um... Yes, because he is constantly drinking himself into a stupor. He's shooting up. He's going into these opium dens after work. After he gets off work, he's going there, um, spending the night doing whatever it is that he needs to do there, and then coming back to the hospital and operating on people. (laughs) It was a different time. It was. (laughs) (laughs) But again, he was this kind of volatile character mm. well he wasn't volatile in gosford park I, w- I won't say that but but he had the potential he had the potential mm-hmm. and we see that in the nick when he kind of uh you know he gets upset when people don't follow his uh compromised orders because mm. of his addictions and because he's not sleeping and because you know whatever um classic arrogant white man yeah yeah <laughs> i i love the show it's directed by Steven Soderbergh, mm. um, and it's beautiful. Of course. I mean, it is just beautiful to look at. I can't think of anything else to say um, because it's just so well done. Clive is a beast in it. He yes. is, again, mesmerizing to watch, and um, Andre Holland can hold his own Listen. against that. So that lets you know right there. 
it's it, worth your time. Right, exactly. And I think to kind of piggyback off what you're saying about the, the mix of like the things that that character kind of is supposed to embody and, mm-hmm. to, you know, to be Dr. Thackeray. I think a lot about how Clive has this thing where he plays world weary. So he seems like a good choice to play like a stereotypical TV idea of an addict, mm, right? Like mm-hmm. a, a high functioning addict mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, and I think there's something about him that always feels a little bit um, weary. Like he's mm. someone who has seen the world in all yeah. of its troubles. And yeah. sure, he's making some compromised decisions, but also like, man, we're all just trying to get out of this shit alive. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. He has that feel to him. And we've been talking around something, but let's... Let's talk about the scene that many people know and love Mr. Clive Owen for because it has that mix of competency and vulnerability and power and coiledness and a weird sort of like soft deference that he does really well. Mm -hmm. We're talking, of course, about Closer. Yes, man. Okay, so he played this character, Larry. Mm who was married to um, Julia Roberts' character, Anna. Anna. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody in the movie is cheating on each other and all this kind of it's stuff. It's a Fleetwood Mac of it. I mean, <laughs> you, I, I would only watch it uh, when I was feeling really, really sad and needed to, like... Feel sadder. Yes, and just, <laughs> yeah. like, purge all of that, um, yeah. you know, catharsis. So there's a scene where Larry confronts Anna about her cheating. Mm-hmm. It is, like you said, we see all of the things that make Clive such um, a compelling actor Mm. because we see him hurt. We see him mean. Mm. We see him crude. Oh, God, yeah. um, And uh, vulnerable. Yeah. So we have a a little clip. We're going to play just like the beginning of that scene. Is he a good fuck? Don't do this. Just answer the question. Is he good? Yes. Better than me. Different. Better. Gentler. What does that mean? You know what it means. Tell me. No. I treat you like a whore. Sometimes. Why would that be? I'm sorry you were- Don't say it! Don't you fucking say you're too good for me. I am, but don't say it. You're making the mistake of your life. You're leaving me because you believe that you don't deserve happiness, but you do, Anna. Did you have a bath because you had sex with him? So you wouldn't smell of him? So you'd feel less guilty? How do you feel? Okay. Okay. Now, he started to cry. He broke down mm-hmm. at, at the end of this clip that we just played. And, you know, of course, you're kind of like, oh, poor baby. Mm-hmm. But then he comes back. Listen, it's, <laughs> it's like he went to refill his coffers. Like once he had enough in the arsenal, he was like, and another thing. And then he switches. He goes into like a weird beast mode. Yes. We're not going to play the rest of that because, you know, if you haven't seen it, you need to see it. Oh, God. Um, and if you have seen it, you already know. Yes. But he calls her this name mm. at the end mm. in such a vicious, yeah. heated mm. tone. And it's like, 
oh, this is awful. But also, (laughs) do you want to come over after you finish cussing this woman out? (laughs) I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. What is sisterhood? (laughs) You know what? Do you know what? I fully understand what you're saying. Oh, man. There's something about that scene. Like you said, he is so mean. Yeah. And he is so angry. Yeah. And at the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, he's quite stern. I don't don't hate that. I don't hate that. I hate all the other stuff, but I don't hate that. And I catch myself in that scene because it's so raw. Like, it's based on a play by Patrick Marber, who I think also adapted it for screen. And in many places, it still feels like a play. Yes, yes. So a lot of the action, the way the movement, uh, how it's been directed is Mm -hmm. a very kind of, it feels like a stage piece still. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. And there's something about the way he, um, like, in the close-ups, you can see, like, the spit on his lips. Yes. You can see how wet his eyes are. Yes. You can see, you know, there's just a lot of human uh, feeling mm-hmm. in the scene. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many takes that was or what right. number take that was. Yeah. But you feel like you are in the living room cowering as yeah. you watch this. And he, he he transmits something. And I think the base of it is just, like, this passion and yes, he's being horrific mm-hmm. to this woman who he says he loves. Mm-hmm. But there's something about the pure passion mm-hmm. that just makes you go, rah. It's very much a wounded animal, yes. right? We have come across yeah. this wounded animal mm-hmm. who is hurt and he, you know, feels backed into a corner and is lashing. You want to help him, but he is lashing out. And he wants your help too. Yes. But the pain is so much. Yes. It blinds him. Yes. And then, you know, just, you know, on a human level, for those of us who have experienced that pain of somebody cheating on you and then you having to, like, try to, um, you know, excavate that and try to figure out how do I feel? What do I want to know about this situation? Because it is a very painful thing. Like, was this person better? Do you feel better with that person? Mm. Should we try to make this work? And but also trying to soothe the person. Right. Like, I know you made this mistake, but I still, like, want you to understand that you're a good person or whatever. I don't know. It's what a complex yes, mix. It's very, it's very strange. Um, and all those emotions just bubbled up out of him yeah. in this moment. And he felt, even though I just compared him to a wounded animal, but it felt very human. Yeah. Well, aren't we animals at the end of the day? Yes. And he plays it, I think. There's something about, like, he knows exactly. Shout out to the director of that scene. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a classic for a reason. Like, every so often it does the rounds on Twitter. And everyone's (laughs) kind of like, oh, my God, they invented acting and so on. (laughs) But there's something about the scene, I think, like Nicole says, it speaks to a very specific kind of, like, how much do I want to know? How much don't I want to know? Like, do I want to hurt myself right now? Or do I just want to let go? Should I walk out? Should I stay? And if I stay, how much do I... And all of that plays out. Mm-hmm. It's a very naked face. Like, he's right there. And you are feeling the feelings he's feeling. Yeah. And you're feeling Anna as well, by the way. Because I like Julia Roberts. I think she's a good actor. And she's very good in the scene as well. She's kind of, like, quiet slash timid. She knows she's the party that has wronged the other. Mm-hmm. But she also is kind of like, but what you're not going to do, Mr. Yes. Man, yes. is come at me with this fucking right. energy. You want to know details? Here you go. They- bam, bam, bam. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Did somebody order some receipts? And it's kind of like... And 
you can see they're both kind of like they're testing the soft parts of mm-hmm, one another mm-hmm. and trying to see where will a jab hurt like mm-hmm. where's exposed but also ah, if I do that then he's going to jab back and it's like this yeah. weird tension and he has this quality I was saying to Nicole earlier he has this thing of him that he he looks like someone who might be quite he he might display deference. Mm. They they often put him, or at least in my in my memory, he seems to be partnered in these movies with strong women, right? Yeah, or like you know characters that are kind of like powerful mm-hmm. in some way. And in the in that regard, he always plays like a like a happily a second fiddle, mm-hmm. like someone who's kind of like eh, I don't care about the spotlight. I'm yeah. just like you know, yeah. it's you that I love. Yeah. Like not your position and blah blah blah. But I will say this as well, like that quality of deference means that he looks like someone who takes instruction very well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But then the flip of that is that he also looks like someone who gives instruction really well. And when you watch that scene and he is kind of jabbing, looking for the soft part. Yeah. And you just think to yourself... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what 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 else do you go after with such singular right. focus? Yes, yes. How can I show you my belly? <laughs> like just <laughs> It's the softest. There's something about him that is just kind of like take it all. Yeah. You know that Chris Rock uh comedy bit where he's saying he's talking about Denzel and he says women start taking off their kicking off their shoes when they see Denzel. <laughs> a part of me wants to kick off my shoes. Yeah. When I see Clive Owen, I'm just kind of like, I don't know what's coming up, but I think it's gonna yeah. be fun. Yeah, like you have to prepare yourself Listen. whether to take off your shoes to run or to take <laughs> off your shoes because you're gonna run. <laughs> <laughs> Clive Owen, you see, this was the question at the beginning of the show. Why? Yeah. Why does this work? And Clive says, I'm not here to give you an answer. Yeah. I just am, fam. Yeah. And maybe that's part of it, too. Like, you don't know why. You just got to accept it. Oh, bitch. (laughs) You know what? Okay. I think that might be. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Oh, boy. I'm going to walk out of the studio and just light a quick fag outside. Yeah. And just, again, exhale shakily. Yeah. I'm going to make some... uh, Poor text. I, I'm just gonna make some bad decisions. A series of bad decisions. Yeah. And for every for everyone, the answer is it was Clive Owen. Yeah. It was Clive that made me do it. Yeah. A, a fiery British Clive. <laughs> <laughs> so Nicole. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> what is that? You leaned in like a fucking stereotypical secretary in the 50s. Yes. So we've had a ball talking about our, um, it turns out, kind of intense yes. thirst yes. when it comes to Clive Owen. Yeah. Who would have thunk it? I mean, we did. That's true. <laughs> You're right. You're right. We are the pioneers of this, after mm. all. <laughs> so anyway, it's time now, of course, to segue yeah. from the more theoretical aspect of uh, this very specific Clive-centric desire mm-hmm. and make it into a Drabble situation. Yes, yes. I'm ready for a fanfic wars. You are? Yeah, yeah it's been a minute since we've had one, right? Listen, friend. Yeah. You know, between our wonderful chat with Mr. Underwood mm-hmm. and the live show yeah it's been a it's been a, a slightly drabble light yeah run of episodes we've only had um some drabbles for a pen 
<laughs> That's right, Mr. Badgley. But now we are back, yes. full force. Yes. We're going to give you, uh, hopefully, a couple of drabbles that will be worth your time. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, of course, you can go onto our Twitter and vote for your fave. Yeah. No offence, I think I'm going to win this week. Oh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only doing this in the spirit of sports. Oh, okay. Because yeah. as we say every time, Nicole, there are no losers here. There you Everyone go. is a winner. There you go. You know, but clearly, Bim <laughs> thinks she's an extra winner today. I mean, some days I wake up and I do feel like yeah, I'm winning. So you know, that's fair. the mood. That's the mood in my chest today. It's kind of yeah. like I might could win. Yeah, I'm not going to take that from you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. That's yeah. sisterhood right there. <laughs> so you want to go first? Sure. Oof. Uh, All right. See, wait. Whenever you do like a question like sure I'm like oh she's about to devastate me <laughs> alright go ahead kill me <clears throat> but gently that's what he said you know what um <laughs> why are we like this I don't know <clears throat> I wasn't sure if he'd be there but I took a chance and went to my friend's housewarming after the party's third hour after all the parents and marrieds had left and it was just us single folks and all the friends with benefits he walked through the door He spoke to our friend hosting, but kept his eyes on me. Seemed like as soon as the door opened, he knew where I was. I went into the kitchen to get some water. My heart tasted like smoke in my throat. I turned the faucet on, but didn't bother to grab a glass. I knew I'd drop it, just as I knew he'd find me there. He appeared by my side, the scent of an apple-tinted musk warming me. That's how he was. Always just enough sweetness to make the roughness delicious. The memory of his taste pushed my heart back into place. Don't waste water, love, he murmured as he reached around me to turn the faucet off, barely pressing against me. I couldn't help myself. I leaned into him for just a second, but it was enough. He dropped a hand over mine. Clive, I warned. He watched the quick lick of my lips as I opened my mouth to say, What? No? I didn't want to say no. I wanted to want no, but I tilted my head to take him in and my eyes landed on his neck, the small scar, a row of the crescent-shaped moons of my nails peeping from his collar. Bitch. He saw me noticing it and touched a finger to it. Our eyes met. He leaned down. I'd like another one of these if you don't mind. Well, okay. (laughs) Well. Are you are you happy with what you've done? Yes. <laughs> in one of my favorite music videos, there's a bit where a character in the video goes mm-hmm. in uh, Nigerian pidgin English. Mm-hmm. He says, "Now, <clears throat> this thing where you do, you think say good?" And that's my question to you right now. This thing that you have done, do you believe it to be good? Yes. You know what? I can't argue with that. Okay. Wow. He reached around you, yeah, to get into the sink. Yeah. Is that right? Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. cool. And then you couldn't help yourself and you leaned in. Right. Fantastic. Yeah. Sure. Great. Yeah. Just doing a quick recap. Just want to make sure mm-hmm. that I'm getting all the information. Mm-hmm. And then later on, he pressed a finger to some kind of mark on his neck. Right. That you had put there. Right. I see. And then he wanted another one of those. Right, I yes. see. Okay. Yes. Well, good talk, Nicole. Thanks so much. <laughs> Thanks very much for that. <sighs> I am a scratcher. <laughs> You know what? <laughs> Sorry, that was TMI. <laughs> I apologize. No, I don't. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I 
I am sweating. <gasps> Me you know, too. You know when people type and they put like single spaces between the letters yes, of the word? That's, yes. how, that's how I'm sweating. I am <laughs> S space, W space, E, all the way to ING. I'm sweating. Yeah. Congratulations, Nicole. You have uh, you. unseated me today because I cannot sit down. I got to do some laps around the studio. Jesus H. Christ. Congrats. <sighs> Thank you. Why? Thank you. I take it back. I don't think I will win. Wow. <laughs> all right. Let's lean into this. Um, yes. So let's hear. <laughs> oh, you want to hear, bitch? <laughs> don't look all fake interested. So let's hear what you've got, Bim, now that I've killed you. <laughs> Fucking hell, mate. Oh, it's all love. Is it? Yes. All right. If you insist. That's what Clive said. Okay. <clears throat> I stopped short almost as soon as I rounded the corner. Sat in the flower bed. No mind paid to the dirt now streaking his trousers. Sat Clive. Beside him... A trowel caked in earth, and in his hands, a nursery plant, ready for its time outside at last. Mm-hmm. The back of his t-shirt, stretched taut across his back, mm. was speckled with sweat. <laughs> and as he reached down to place the baby plant into the soil, it lifted a clean two inches, showcasing just enough of a tanned back to make a pulse quicken. I must have made a sound, because he turned his head suddenly to look at me. His mouth, usually at rest on a downturn, curved into a smile his lips tipping up slowly and causing the skin around his eyes to crinkle attractively. A secondary effect, my stomach lurched. He moved to stand, preparing to unfold those long legs, already pulling his gloves off his large hands. I put one of mine out in front of me to halt his progress. No, I said softly. Stay there. His eyebrow quirked, those Eeyore eyes of his lighting up and then warming up as I approached him. Yeah, okay, he agreed, his voice gravelly, likely from disuse all day, sinking back to the ground. His arms went around me, neck craning upwards to accommodate my nearness, and he leaned into my hand, cupping his head through his tousled, messy hair. I lowered my head, slowly, slower still, until I was bent double in his arms, and then, finally, falling, until my knees pressed into the damp earth of the garden. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Call that gardening 101. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. a message from the Royal Horticultural <laughs> Society. Looking to recruit more gardeners across England this summer. I mean, you know, we've got this man digging in the earth. Listen. Trying to plant in the earth. <laughs> I bitch. see you, bitch. I see <laughs> you. <laughs> he seems like an earthy sort of fellow. Mm-hmm. And would I, in fact, like to be the nursery plant? Who can say? Yes. Mm-hmm. I understand. But I, too, want to be tenderly tended to <laughs> in the garden. Hey. Ooh, that's a song right there. <laughs> Listen. Oh, boy. Come on, nature feels. All right. <laughs> Oof. 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 All right. Well. Yeah. Wow, Clyde. Listen. You really fucked us up. <laughs> I wish he would. Anyway. Ooh. On that disgusting note, consider this. You too can take part in Fanfic Wars. How, you ask? Nicole, explain how the listeners can be a part of this. Friday, we're going to put up a poll on our Twitter account mm. so that our listeners can vote for which Drabble they liked. Did they, did they like Clive at the kitchen sink mm. reuniting? And <laughs> Is that what they call it? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> reuniting um, with an old flame. Okay. Or... Do we like Clive uh-huh. in the garden? Uh, Sweaty. Listen. Intense. Hey. 
Hey, I know what I like. No losers. No. Everybody is a winner when it comes to Clive. Okay. <laughs> is that how we're advertising Clive? Yes. Oh, we're not great. Yes. All right. Superb. I'm with it. I am with it. So, yeah, that's going to be on our Twitter. Yes, because we like to give you time to, you know, listen on Thursday when the episode drops. Marinate in it. Come on to uh, Twitter. Vote. And then we go from there. Exactly. And you can find us at Thirst Aid Kit on Twitter. We look forward to reading the results. All right, Ooh, Nicole. Yeah. Let me go lie down real quick. Yeah, I need a, I need a cigarette. That's, that's what he said. <laughs> Thursday Aid Kit is a Slate production produced by Cher Vincent and us, Nicole Perkins and Bim Adewunmi. Our music is by Tanya Morgan. You can follow the show on Twitter at Thirst Aid Kit and we are on Tumblr at thirstaidkitpodcast.tumblr.com. We appreciate all of our Thirsty Live tweeters. If you want to join in, please use the hashtag TACPOD, that's T-A-K-P-O-D, or you could write us an email at thirstaidkit at slate.com. If you want to use our Thirst Sommelier service, please just send us a short, and we mean really short, message. The number is 510-984-4778. That's 5109-THIRST. Non-US Thirst Buckets can send us a short voice note via email at thirstaidkit at slate.com. You can find all of our episodes and links to listen at slate.com slash podcasts. We've started doing bonus segments that are just for Slate Plus members. We have all sorts of goodies, like high-priority thirst items, a.k.a. stuff like gray sweatpants, Mm. or a new segment called Explain Yourself, where we ask special guests to convince us to join the thirst bandwagon of people we don't really see it for. Basically, it's an extra dose of Thirst Aid Kit every week. But to listen, you'll have to join Slate Plus, which is Slate's membership program. For just $35 for the first year, you'll get a little extra from this show and all your other favorite Slate shows. Plus, no ads. Most importantly, you'll be supporting the work we do here at Thirst Aid Kit. So head over to slate.com slash thirstaidplus to sign up for these premium sips. We'll be back next week. In the meantime, don't forget to tell a friend about us and what we do here. Stay thirsty. Bye. The back of his t-shirt stretched taut across his back, mm. was speckled with sweat. Mm. And as he reached <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> I see it, bitch, I see it! <laughs> bitch. <laughs>